1: Shoots and scores! Back-to-back breakaways! Connor McDavid peering inside. Dishing. CC shoots and scores! 1-0 Edmonton in Game 7!
0: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your
1: favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. Early in the second period, one nothing. Jets leading the Blue Jackets. Kyle Connor has his 25th on the season, power play goal with two seconds left in the first. After one, Carolina leading the Canadians 2-1. And about five minutes into the second period, Panthers lead the Capitals 2-0. Several games coming up later tonight, including the Red Wings at the Flames. Detroit got that shootout victory here in Edmonton last night. Seattle will host Philly, and the Sharks play the Golden Knights. So some Pacific Division teams to keep an eye on. The Oilers currently fourth in the division, but just two points out of first. It's Vegas 67 LA, uh, pardon me, Vegas 68 LA 67 Seattle and Edmonton 66 Calgary 61. At the moment Edmonton and Calgary are the two wildcard teams in the Western Conference. So that of course will be a fun race to watch. You beautiful humans. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. I feel like I guess I have to start the show by reporting what has not happened the Edmonton Oilers have not made a trade Eric Carlson is not an Edmonton Oiler, Jacob Chickren is not an Edmonton Oiler I guess that's how we have to talk about the the team now with all the speculation surrounding the Oilers heading towards the uh, trade deadline, which is coming up on Friday, March 3rd. But uh, a very interesting time to cover the Oilers, to be a fan of the Oilers, as I'm sure many of you are, as uh, they, they are at least linked through the rumor mill with some of the big names who uh, might be moved at the deadline. And, of, of course, Carlson has been a big talking point for uh well especially the last few days uh, ever since uh i think it was chris johnston first reported that the oilers and sharks were speaking once again so nothing has happened if something does happen in the next two hours uh you'll get it live right here on 630 Shed. that would be really exciting if uh, the oilers made a trade especially for eric carlson during inside sports not sure that's going to happen tonight um but something will happen with the roster because uh, Kyler Yamamoto's going to play tomorrow. Jay Woodcroft was asked about Yamamoto today. Do you expect a roster movement tomorrow to make for Yamamoto to get in your lineup? Yes. Care to share what that is? No. Well, Jay Woodcroft's generally not the guy who announces roster moves, but he, he did say Yamamoto's playing tomorrow. He, he did absolutely say Yamamoto is playing tomorrow. So he's back. So Yamamoto is going to come off long-term injured reserve, which means by 5 p.m. tomorrow, the Oilers need to have uh, need to clear 1.125 million dollars off the roster. Now, sending Jesse Pugliarvi to the minors w- would not fit the bill there, uh, and anyway, if he was put on waivers, he wouldn't technically be off the cap until Saturday, if and when he actually cleared. Um, so even if Jesse went down hypothetically, they, they would still be over the cap by $1.875 million with Yamamoto back on it. So that's how the math, and I know probably some of you are driving or trying to make dinner or whatever. So the, the you might not be able to jot <laughs> down all the numbers right now, but anyway, so Yamamoto going to be activated tomorrow. And uh, that means the Oilers need to clear some money. Now, here a possible and i was talking about this with a colleague this afternoon uh who said all right is is this the simplest move holloway goes down he's on his entry-level contract he doesn't have clear waivers that's nine hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and then you could also send day down which isn't super fair to either of them if you want to talk about Fairness and who is is playing well and at least playing a role. Now, look, I know the discussion with Holloway for a lot of this season, and I know there's some of you who would adhere to the belief he would have been better off in Bakersfield most, if not all, this season. And that's an entirely defensible argument because Rob and I have talked about that a lot on overtime open line as well. Even though I think there has been progress in Holloway's game, is he better being you know the big dog on the Condors for this season as opposed to a bit of a puppy on the Oilers? Anyway, uh, and then DeHarnay now didn't play last night because he's ill he's been pretty good as we've talked about a lot in terms of his role in terms of being a big guy getting in the way playing a little feisty if necessary helping with the pk and i think the pk did miss him last night so that that's that's the simplest way unless somebody else is going to go on long-term injured reserve now pull didn't practice today uh not illness jay woodcroft said it was a maintenance day. actually here's ex- here's exactly what he said jim matheson asked the question Jay, will Jesse Pugliarvi play tomorrow? Yeah, we'll see. Is he ill as
2: Deharnay? No, he was kept off for a maintenance day today.
1: Okay, so now uh, bumps and bruises, as we know, Vander Kane didn't practice again, Deharnay still didn't practice. And We know that players get maintenance days. We know that they get days off. We know a couple players have been sick this week, though apparently that's not the case with Pugliarvi. It was just notable today that Woodcroft made a point of saying Yamamoto is in that he is going to play tomorrow, which led to all these other questions. Okay, well, then what's happening with the roster? And, of course, it's not Jay's job to answer those questions or ultimately even decide on the, those moves. But he did say, yeah, Yamamoto's because, look, we, we know that Yamo's kind of been ready for a couple of games now. So, he, he he offered up during the course of his availability today, he he offered up that Yamamoto's in tomorrow. Um so then that led to all these other questions so there's there's gonna have to be some sort of a roster move maybe it's that simple Holloway and and uh and Dayharna go down and then you see what happens I I mean I think at this point you'd like Dayharna in the in the NHL I mean yeah maybe there'll be the, the game or two along the way he might get scratched or might not play a lot but I think you'd like him in the NHL even if it's your seventh defenseman maybe he comes up if and when there's another move made and there probably will be other moves made in the next two weeks so that's how that that shook down today again Yamamoto's going to come off LTIR so the Oilers will need to clear 1.125 million dollars by 5 p.m tomorrow to be cap compliant so just waving the bison king is is not good enough which leads them to believe it's somebody else. So either they either they have a trade cooking, which I I don't, I, I mean I don't know, I I wouldn't expect a trade in the next 48 hours, or they just send guys down who are on their ELC and and then they can recall them perhaps a little bit later on. So maybe it's Holloway, maybe it's Deharnay Together, that that combination, basically 1.7 million dollars, roughly. I'll just round off the numbers here to to make it easier, and then you're fine anyway. I'm always happy to hear from you as it's interesting time for uh, the Edmonton Oilers 780-496-0063 is the hotline it's presented by Certainteed the pro's choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems Certainteed pro all the way you can email the show inside sports at 630ched.com and follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, r e i d w i l k i n s and I I I, pro- I feel like I can read some of your thoughts Perhaps that's my mutant power, but no. Seriously, um, well, why would well, like the Harney the doesn't deserve to go down? No, but if they want to activate Yamo, and you got to have room to do it, and then you can bring somebody like uh, DeHarnay up. He his waivers exempt, so. You know, that could be the simplest solution. Perhaps not the fairest solution, but if you want Yamamoto to play and is still going to be on the roster, that might be the easiest way to do it. Now, again, maybe somebody goes on long-term injured reserve tomorrow. Maybe it's more, and I'm totally speculating here, maybe it's more serious with Pugliarvi. I don't know. But that's, that's what we're looking And it was just interesting to me Woodcroft offered up Yamamoto was going to play. Because we know what his standard line has been, especially the last couple of weeks. Well, we'll see what comes out of the gate tomorrow. We'll see what happens when we open the gate. Okay. I thought he was going to say that about Yamamoto. Yeah, he's feeling good. We'll see if he No, he just said, no, he's a player tomorrow. He's in the game. All right, so he's he's a player, he's in the game. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can get in touch. Tomorrow it's against the Rangers. Five thirty for the faceoff show, and the game will start at seven. That should be a good showdown. We're going to talk more about the Rangers with Dave Maloney between six thirty and seven, as uh, they made a big trade, getting Tarasenko a few days ago, and uh, then the Sunday game is a matinee at Colorado. Eleven thirty a.m. for the faceoff show, and that game will start at one. Also today, I want to talk about. defenseman philip broberg who i i think is really starting to round into form recently i asked woodcroft about how broberg has grown over the last year or so
2: i didn't think last night his best game um yet he found a way to be plus plus two i think in that game last night um you know i think he's someone that's continuing to gain experience and find his footing against the best players in the world um you know he, he's a great skater a great skater and his legs get him out of trouble his puck play is coming along i still think there's more offense in him and and we'll see more uh of that type of thing as he feels more comfortable at this level um but he's a really really coachable person Um, somebody who I see is is growing and I've seen his progression from when he first came over to North America to where he is now and um, he's tracking in the right direction
1: Broberg last year played 23 games had three points and he was minus eight also got into a playoff game this year he's now up to 29 games he has seven assists he's plus 12 Uh, And and I know plus minus is not the be all and end all stat, but I I do think that it still has some significance. And I do think when a player was minus eight last year and is now plus 12 and about the same number of games played, I I think that shows he might be getting a little bit more comfortable on the ice. He's playing 1339 per game. And I talked to Broberg about how much he's enjoying this nine, one and three run the others are on.
3: I think it's good. I think we have a lot we can work on still, but I think yeah, we take a step every day and you know for every game we want to get a little bit better. Well, in terms of getting better, it seems like you know you're continuing to grow here as a defenseman. How do you compare yourself now to one year ago? Uh, I think I'm a lot more confident in my abilities and in my game. So I think uh, I'm better playing now than I was a year ago, and I I want to keep taking taking steps here. How much of the confidence comes from maybe how you are as a person, and how much just comes from you know the day-to-day repetition of being in the NHL? Uh. Obviously it's both, you know, you kind of want to get your feet wet a little bit in, uh, in the league. So I think, uh, I think it's been good so far and I, I just want to keep building my game and, you know, taking steps. So what's the biggest area of growth for you as you've played more in the NHL? Is it knowing what to
1: do with the puck? Is it the night after night physicality? I'm just wondering what's been the biggest
3: step in your mind? Uh, well... I I think it's been the defensive point of the view. uh, I think that's a a thing I've been working on here for the last... Three years almost so I think uh, It's got a lot better and i want to kill Bailey on that too. I'm wondering, you know, look, I I know it's a bit of a
1: Standard line, but Swedish defenseman there's been a lot of good ones in the league. Who did you
3: did you look up to anybody when you were a younger player? Uh, Yeah, obviously Victor Hedman in Tampa there. Uh, He's uh, He's a really good defenseman obviously as a Norris, and you know, um, yeah, he's probably one I really looked up to, um, and even like Carlson too. Like, yeah, all those big, uh, big, big name Swedes. Um, I always look up to them and see them in the Swedish nat- national team jerseys. So, yeah, all of them basically. Did you? played defense ever since you were a little guy or were you ever a forward? Uh, I was a forward until uh, I was 14. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, and then I switched to D-man. Who moved you and how come? Uh, I moved out, uh, out of summer camp actually uh, because there were too many fours at a camp and none, not and not enough D. So I said I could play D, and after that I've been did the defenseman since. Yeah. So you volunteered to do it then? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> were you nervous about changing at first? Uh, no, it was just a summer camp. It was just for fun, and then I, I liked it, and I think, uh, I, think I I would have been a better D man than a forward. That's for sure. Yeah. Did you p- play any other sports competitively when you were a young guy? I played soccer and. Uh, played Play a little bit of floorball too so yeah i played a lot a lot of sports so what's the number one sport that people watch in sweden soccer it's soccer yeah. yeah soccer is probably the biggest one and then it, i would say it's hockey after that
1: all right that is philip broberg getting to know him a little bit as well he uh, also told me he has a uh, a brother playing in the uh, NAHL in the United States, a couple years younger than him. And yeah, Broberg was a forward until he was 14 and now seven years later playing defense for the Edmonton Oilers in the NHL. He's coming along. He's uh, coming along. Hopefully he keeps progressing on the Oilers' back end. alright nine six zero zero six three. If you want to chime in, I mentioned Dave Maloney from the Rangers broadcast booth is going to be on the show tonight. Later on, one of the uh, all-time most popular broadcasters in Canadian history. Jay Onright from TSN is going to check in the native of Athabasca. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers, the heavy hitters of tuning in tonight, Oilers and Rangers tomorrow. It is that time of year approaching the trade deadline. Not just the time for trade speculation. Unfortunately for also the time for people to be well, kind of jerks. Kellen, read that one message you were telling me about.
0: Yeah, uh, we had a text come in from an individual that uh, wanted just to double-check and and make sure that uh, indeed what he was seeing on Twitter was indeed uh, either the truth or in this case, uh, a a non-truth, a fallacy. Uh, There's a tweet from an account that looks a lot like the official Oilers account, except they've misspelt the word Oilers at the end, and it's a pretty comical attempt as well, too, at the end with the, uh, you know, on Twitter, there's Either the blue check mark or the yellow check mark now for legacy accounts. Uh, instead of a check mark, there's a flower at the end of it. So be that as it may. But anyway, the uh, the tweet itself says we have acquired Eric Carlson, 65% retained in a trade from San Jose in exchange for Tyson Berry, philip Broberg, prospect Raphael lavois a 2023 first round draft pick, along with 2024 first round and second round draft pick. Folks, don't get duped. That is not true.
1: No, that is not true. And you actually can't retain more than 50% of uh, the salary in any trade. So that person saying 65% uh, can't even put a convincing lie out there, I guess. Yeah, it's... uh I don't want to spend too much time on that. It is unfortunate that people do that. I I, I don't know what they, they get out of it. I guess they, they get something that I don't understand. We usually see these pop up around trade deadline, somebody pretending to be a, a, a team or, the season, or a yep. media guy who covers the team or some sort of insider. So, no, that is obviously completely false. So give me something else quickly, Kellen. Sure,
0: from Jace. Maybe the best move is to just keep Yamamoto off the roster.
1: Well, if he's healthy, he wants to play. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice if uh, I, I like Yamamoto's uh, spirit a lot. You'd like if he were a little bit more productive. But I, I think they want him to get out there, back out there, and see if he can he can contribute for sure. Uh, keep your stuff coming in. We'll we'll get through it as we move throughout the show. And Dave Maloney on that Rangers big trade and more.